Hi there, Hayden Williams here. It's another episode of Man in the Mirror, the podcast where I get all nosy and look around a male guest's bathroom cabinet, find out about him, his work, and those key products that he can't do without. Now, this week I'm joined by David Delport, who has the lofty title of Global Brand Ambassador for Ren Skincare. As he describes it to me, I think David has an enviable job um, traveling the world, kind of working on product development and in an advisory capacity for for Ren, but also sort of acting as the, the focal point for, for consumers and, and doing lots on on socials and, and talks and discussions about skincare. So absolutely fascinating guest, um, has a retail background, then, then moved sort of brand side. So um, I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation we had Um so sit back, enjoy David Delport on Man in the Moon. Welcome along to another episode of Man in the Mirror. And this week, my guest is David Delport, who is the global brand ambassador for Wren. Hi there, David. How are you? I am very well. Thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting. How are you? Oh, thank, well, I'm, I'm really good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> no, um, look, thank you for doing it. And... I suppose I'd love to know, being, mm. being a global ambassador for Ren Skincare, it sounds a very lofty title and I have visions of you <laughs> sort of going around the world shaking people's hands in a very regal way. What, what, does, uh, what does the role actually entail? What do you do? Gosh, I wish I wish the red carpet would be rolled out a little more. But uh, the reality is, you know, it's business is business. And uh, um, but yeah, um, essentially what I do is, and I'm only kidding. It is actually quite a wonderful job to have, and I'm very I'm grateful. Sure. Um, so let me start with that. But um, so essentially, I go around the world and I educate people on Ren, whether that's um, uh, sharing new products with beauty editors or influencers um, in sessions one to one, or in a sort of a uh, maybe at a dinner party, that sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, I also do masterclasses for clients um, and people who use and purchase REN. And that could be sort of in a group situation, also one-on-one. -on -one. Um, okay. And then I, there's, so it's essentially it's education, but very, very front-facing and very top level. Um, and then also the part that I really love is uh, working on new product development. So that's something I've been doing over the last couple of years. Right. Kind of, yeah, everything sort of comes through me and I get my eyes on everything we're doing. Um, you know, Ren has gone through a lot of change. We, you know, we don't have the original founders working actively with us anymore. So as one of the longest serving people at Ren, I've stepped up to that role of sort of the guardian of the brand and the products. Yeah. So, so holding um, the, the kind of DNA of the brand. That's exactly, thing. exactly what it is. So yeah. yeah, brand ambassador, but there's a lot, there's quite a lot going on. Um, <laughs> Sounds like, and, I, and I, I guess with that product development role, mm. There must be, you must be developing products quite a long way in advance. I mean, if if you if you're looking at yeah. things now, might there be <laughs> things that take you know a year, two years to to reach the market? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and and I had a little chuckle because you said you know developing things long in advance, and I would always say not long enough because it just always, <laughs> it always yeah. seems like you're up always against it. And yeah. you know, my goodness, we can start a product two years out, and still something might go wrong at the very last minute with stability or packaging or um, mm. just a supplier no longer being able to provide a very key component in the in the in the in the in the, in the chess, sorry the formula. So yeah, it it can really really throw you um but generally we work about 18 months out and a year 
if we are very, very tight on what we're looking for and um, if we have an idea of what how it's going to perform and have all the other things in place, then, you know, as little as eight months, we can we can get a product out there. But, you know, Ren is a difficult brand to formulate for and to get right because we've got to tick so many boxes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 super tricky. It seems to get harder every year, but, you know, hopefully we're staying on top of it. Well, I'm sure at the, at the moment with um, a lot of supply issues and, and um, raw materials, mm. you know, and the transporting and things that can't, can't make it any easier, I'm sure. No, 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 indeed, indeed. Yeah. And so having, the, you know, this incredible sounding role that you have now, I'd love to know a bit more about your background personally. I mean, do, mm. um, I think I'm right in saying that you were a makeup artist before you worked for Ren. Is that right? I was, I was. Um, gosh, where shall we start? Uh, did right you do that, beginning? Was that straight from, yeah, straight, right, right, right from a baby. Yeah. No, did you do that um, from from sort of college, after college or did, did you do other so, things before makeup? I'll, I'll give you the nutshell version. I yeah, um, nice. I left home at 18, fled South Africa for a, um, I guess. For rainy London. For rainy London, wanting to <laughs> wanting to explore Europe, it was going to be one of those traveling years that people did. I had no yeah. plans to go to university or college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I arrived at London. I marched into Harrods. Was like, this Harrods is the best. You guys have to give me a job, sort of a thing. Very overly confident as an 18-year-old from South Africa, I must say. That youthful confidence and naivety of just strolling in. I love it. Oh my God, what happens? What happens? I mean, come on. I wish I could have some of that again. Um, so they just offered, yeah, they offered me two jobs. One was in makeup uh, or cosmetics. And oh, they did. So that confidence paid off. They get, they offered you a job. Oh yeah. Three days later, I got a call and I was like, oh, okay. Harris isn't that hard, but uh, you know, it is at the time. It was really, really tricky. This is like going back 22 years or so. Yeah. Um, and you really had to jump through, jump through hoops. But, um, so they said, well, we can put you in makeup or we can put you in, in watches. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't that interested in watches. I like jewelry, but watches for me is a bit boring. Yeah. So what I did was I, I started a department called um, Body Zone for Men. And Body Zone for Men was the first place where men's products were brought together in one department or one specific area and was located in the basement in men's fashion. So you know, at the time, very forward thinking, gosh, men can have their, Definitely. get everything together that's applicable for men's grooming. And I was working there with a guy called Angel who managed the little department we were in. So I had the privilege to kind of start this new concept. And also importantly, not only get exposed to some really fascinating people, but also get exposed to a lot of different brands and working in a multi-brand environment. You know, it was all like, yeah. kind of like a bit more of your old school. It wasn't as boutique and as chic as it is now. But I mean, it gave me such a broad sense of, you know, fragrance, hair, skincare, all of those things. Um, while I was there, I was headhunted um, by Trish McAvoy. I worked for Trish McAvoy for a year. Literally, they were like, did you? we like you. We want you to work for us. I was like, okay, let's give this a try. Put a makeup brush in my hand. Taught me how to do an eye. Had to do the other eye. Managed to do that all right. Got the job. <laughs> I was there for about a year and a half. Then I moved to NARS where I worked on the flagship in Harvey Nichols. Yes. Um, and then from there I was headhunted again and I worked for uh, Laura Mercier. Right. Um, for a couple of years in Selfridges. Got all, all the big names. Amazing. Yeah, all the big names. And you know, I was really lucky because I got to work internationally for these brands. I got to learn from Trish herself, Francois Nars himself. Uh, Laura Mercier taught me how to do eyebrows and foundation. You know, uh, what a great position to be in. I mean, today you can turn on Instagram and there's like 
a billion different influencers showing you what they can do. And that's all fine. But I think, you know, personally, what I miss is those people that started the brand as makeup artists and that kind of that that real sort of knowledge that comes from 20 or 30 or 40 years in their industry. You just don't see that anymore. And that's a shame. Oh, my God. I, I mean, yeah. absolutely. It's sort of irreplaceable, isn't it? The, 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 the sort of font of some of that knowledge and, and people who were brand founders and brand owners, yeah. you know, being able to impart that to you. How amazing. Truly foundational stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what gets overlooked these days, you know. But um, so, yeah, that's it. Um, I took a year out after makeup and I worked in Africa for a charity for a year. And then I uh, came back to England very broke. And my friend offered me a job at Wren. And my first gig was handing out samples was at um, Hampton Court Flower Show. <laughs> I'll never forget it. We worked with, uh, <laughs> we had our Wren products in one of the bathrooms, like sort of this outdoor bathroom vibe by James Wong, um, who's a who's a gardener and on the telly, and yeah, I handed out samples, and just one thing led to another. I loved the brand, I loved what they stood for. I felt like I'd met my tribe, yeah, and I worked my way up to the position I'm in now, just by sort of being open to change and open to trying new things. Oh, it's such an incredible story, and <laughs> and I should know this, but it is is Ren a British brand then? Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. Yeah, British uh, started in started in London in '99. And uh, we're still manufactured in the UK. So, yeah, 20, 21, 22 years old. Yeah, and you mentioned some of the, the products. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to to use Wren a little bit over the years. But I think I was introduced to it probably in a in a hotel, actually. And um, there's just something about it's not it doesn't look sort of over the top or, or, or sort of mm -hmm. flashy for, for the sake of it. But that, that sort of you know, clean design and um, and just, yeah, beautiful products. And I think you know you're in a, you know, a good quality place if if Ren's offered in a hotel or something. <laughs> and now I think the the product I love is that um, is it the Atlantic Kelp uh, body wash, which I just, oh, yeah. I just, I think is, I mean, it, it obviously it feels like it's doing good anyway, but such a beautiful smell and um, yeah, yeah what, what a great product. It's really good. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's probably one of my top three products at Ren is, is, and I worked on that range. It was the first range I, I contributed to and came up with a concept and fragrance profile for and whatnot. So, oh, really? Oh, it smells fabulous. That is, yeah, Atlantic Cap is my baby. I love it so much. But yeah, it's it does exactly what it says it's going to do. It's it's a very sort of cerebral but also body feeling you get when you use it. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Oh and actually, I mean, you you touched on, you know, talking about skincare and and um, your regime and and that's a big mm. part of what i'm trying to do on on the podcast here at man in the mirror is is to find out about a guest but also to get some tips that, that the guest can pass on about their you know their bathroom cabinet mm. and, and key products because i think you know with your experience you know you talk about all those brand founders you work with but also i think that the, the other side of it is mm. someone who's worked in in retail environments for, for a lot of that time, and obviously not not so much now. But you've had real insight into into customers and, and how people actually use products and, and mm -hmm. how they select from from different ranges. So I mean, it's such a valuable thing to to have you on. But I think what what would be great is you know having such a, a skincare expert. And obviously, I'm trying to look at this through a <laughs> through a you know, deliberately male lens, I suppose. And and you know. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm, I have male guests on, and and don't apologize for that because I think it's you know I think it's um it's an interesting area that of course there's information out there, but I think it's really valuable for people to share 
the, just their practical advice and tips on, on mm. what they use. So mm. in, in having you, David, I'd love to know about your skincare regime, maybe in the morning and, and what you would what you would recommend and, and um, how how skincare works for you. Sure, sure. I mean, firstly, I'll just say it's amazing how much skincare is available to buy that doesn't do what it says it's going to do yeah. or should do. So yeah. I think what's important for, 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 for listeners to know is that, you know, uh, you really got to cut through some of the marketing smoke and mirror BS before you get to those real gems and those nuggets of products that, you know, are just those gold nuggets that are really, really amazing. Um, but that's, even that's getting better. I think people are being held accountable now a bit more than they were. My morning routine is generally around centered around protection. So I'm going to keep, you know, I'm the guy that can wear 12 different products on my face or I'm the guy that can wear one product when I'm away doing scuba diving or whatnot, traveling somewhere, you know, and for me, it's, it's about being flexible and seeing what my skin needs on the day. And I have, right, you yeah. know, I'm very lucky that I have access to great products to do that. But, um, essentially what I do in the morning is I do a light gel cleanse. Um, you know, I don't believe you even need to wash your face too much in the morning. Um, if you're not very oily, cause really it's just a little bit of stuff your skin's pushing out, but nice gel cleanse or something very light is, is perfect. And then I, do my antioxidants in the morning. So generally I always start with the vitamin C serum um, and I use the Ren one. I've used some other brands. I'm always kind of playing around and seeing what's out there too. Um, so I do a vitamin C and then I will do, um, yeah. I'll work on my skin protection barrier. So at the moment I'm using our barrier repair oil on top of that, uh, just two or three drops. And then I do a moisturizer on top of that. And at the moment, now that the weather's warmer, we do a vitamin C moisturizer too, which I'm using. So I mean, you don't have to overcomplicate it as long as you remember to do a light cleanse, ramp up your vitamin C and your antioxidants in the day. And then the most important thing, finish with an SPF. Yeah. Um, I think guys are particularly bad with SPF. And believe me, like I'm 42 this year. If I could go back to my 19, 20, 21 year old self, the first thing I would say is like, well, maybe not the first thing, <laughs> maybe the second thing <laughs> um, is wear SPF more more yeah. regularly. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky with my skin. My skin's always been kind of great, but pigmentation is something that comes through for me and that's that's totally avoidable. Yeah. Um, so then the evening for me is more about let's... Sorry, David, just on, on, on the moisturizer, presumably then you, the, the REN product you're talking about has SPF. No, it doesn't. You've got to do SPF on top. Um, we don't believe in SPF in moisturizers. Right. Okay. Good to know. And I'm kind of glad you asked that question because I, I am, you know, I, when you look at the volume of SPF needed to properly cover your skin, it's probably around a teaspoon of volume. Uh, guys are not putting a teaspoon of anything on their skin. And when you have SPF in a moisturizer, a very small percentage of that moisturizer is the SPF anyway. Of course. And it tends to be on top of that a 15 maybe a 20 if you're lucky. Right. Ultimately, what we need to be doing is SPF goes on last. It's your protection. Um, you need about a teaspoon in terms of the volume. I would start at an SPF 30 and make that your standard. But it's, you know, people are just not doing that. We've got to change the behavior around using SPF. I don't enjoy SPF in makeup. I don't enjoy SPF in, it's almost like a nice to have or an add-on or something that you can use to retouch during the day. But your, pri your base foundation so your foundation of the SPF needs to be one solid product that you apply um, in the morning. And then technically, we should be applying it every two hours, but we're not doing that either. So wow, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot in the world of SPF that's tricky, but God, it's really interesting you say that. Yeah, definitely get a separate one, apply yeah. it last, reapply when you can. Um, 
And that's 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 the most important thing you can really do for your skin overall. Because you, I, I see that quite a lot now in, in products, almost as a kind of, you know, mm. a, a benefit and an added added value thing. And, and it's it's really fascinating to know that you know that's potentially not enough. Yeah, potentially not enough. And you know what? I don't think. I don't think they're doing, you know, brands are not trying to fool you into doing this. These products work. Mm. They have to work. They get tested to work. But what I'm saying is we don't know what consumers are doing and we can't always educate them. So, you know, if, if you're putting a little bit of a, a tinted moisturizer on your face, as I sometimes do with an SPF 15, two hours later, it's done. It's gone. It's moved. I've rubbed up my face. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think SPF best practice is to just use the right amount, use a good factor, 30, nothing less than that. And they say you're supposed to use it daily, even in, you know, the kind of miserable British weather. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You've heard it from David and <laughs> and that like, famous song from God, 10, 15 years ago, always wear sunscreen. Yeah. Wear sunscreen. Yeah. Everyone. Protection <laughs> always better than repair, right? It's true. No one wants no one wants to have to go back and, you know, check in with the doctor and do all sorts of nasty things um yeah. it's better to just protect yourself really first true. and um and what about your shaving regime david are you are you a mm. and i can see you on screen and you've, you've got some stubble there are you are you not a daily shave guy or do you just sort of tidy up or how does that work no i think yeah i think when i was younger i used to i had to shave for work um Ren is kind of the place where you can sort of <laughs> yeah. do whatever you want with it, with your hair and your appearance, uh, which is quite nice. Um, but um, yeah, I, I will tidy up around sort of the edges of my of my stubble. Um, I usually work down the neck, try to you know sculpt myself a sharper jawline. Yeah, but we'll 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 get to that conversation <laughs> later. Get some help. M my views on yeah. my jawline. Yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, and I just kind of keep it neat. But you know what? Like I said, if I'm traveling, I will just let it go. I mm. won't bother. Um, but generally, I find shaving quite irritating for me, and I am prone to getting um, spots from shaving, yeah. especially on my cheek area. So yeah, if I can get away without shaving, I do. But I think what was interesting about the the, the regime you described there, it, it it didn't sound. It doesn't sound particularly onerous. It doesn't sound like it's mm. going to take ages, and and is not. You know, that sounds like something that people could adopt quite easily, right? That's not. That's not a complicated, long-winded thing. No, absolutely. Listen, if you're using products at work, and if you've got your routine down, you could do five minutes in the morning. You could do five minutes in the evening, and you can look incredible. And more importantly, have healthy skin, which is what I'm all about, right? So, mm. uh, I don't. For some people, using multiple products could be the only sort of good 10 or 15 or 20 minutes of their day, and I'm all for that. I'm one of those people I can sometimes go, do you know what? I'm going to just stand in front of the mirror and massage this oil in for five minutes and then do a mask and whatnot. But generally, <laughs> life says otherwise, and we're like, okay, product's got to work, cleanse, good serum, great moisturizer, exfoliate twice a week, wear your SPF. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, 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 right. But you're right. I mean, I guess there's a distinction, isn't there? Because there's the sort of the sort of daily stuff that that we need to do and ought to do. But yeah. there is also, as you touched on there, that kind of self care that that element of of taking a bit more time to do something that just feels a bit more nourishing and 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 re rewarding. Absolutely, and that's you know that's why body products for me are really important. And I will probably, to your point, spend more time having a night. Once a week where I'm in the bath with um, sort of Atlantic kelp bath oil, I'll do a salt scrub, I'll get out, I'll do, you know, top to toe body oil, top to toe body moisturizer. 
And I'm not doing it because I'm like whipping my shirt off and I'm at the beach and da, da, da. I'm not that guy, but it's, you know, the time I take for myself and that, that touch and that contact, I think is really important for reducing uh, cortisol and stress in the body, by the way, which ages you super fast and causes disease. So for me, it's more about the, 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 the mental aspect of going through this ritual once a week than it really is about my skin. The skin is just a nice, you know, a nice to have. It's a really, it feels like a really sort of kind thing to do to yourself and, and good, as you say, for, for mental health to take a bit of time to yeah, just relax in a bath and and de-stress and and yeah, kind of get rid yeah. of some of that. Stuff. I've gotten back into reading since you know lockdown. I used, Have you? Yeah, I mean, I grew up without television as a kid. I basically grew up on a <laughs> farm, and um, I you know I read so much. And then moving to London, you know, you just you're so distracted. Your brain really can't settle down even for a twenty minute read of a book. It's really true, really true. It's bad. Um, so during lockdown, I just kind of forced myself to start with you know, a chapter, a couple of pages down here. And now what I have to do is just get into a warm bath, read for half an hour. And honestly, like, yeah, feels so amazing. Decompress afterwards. and recharging. And are you, are you a fiction guy or are you, are you sort of nonfiction or both? Uh, nonfiction. Yeah, a bit of both. But I would say generally nonfiction. I like reading about um space physics um uh, yeah yeah yeah. kind of the stuff that twists your mind around concepts where you've got a really kind of and i'm not saying i'm a genius i'm certainly not i'm not i'm not bright i can't tell you what i've read in a book 10 minutes later no but that's it's good stuff to, but in yeah. the moment i'm enjoying it and in the moment i'm like okay this is stretching me a little bit um so yeah anything around science i absolutely love um nutrition health psychology um i'm kind of reading up on um how to use sort of medicinal plants for mental health and that kind of aspect, like microdosing. I'm really right. uh, learning a lot about at the minute. So yeah, there's there's a lot that I'm fascinated by, and I'm, I think that sums me up. Like yeah. always, always very curious. I don't inquisitive. I don't, yeah, yeah, super inquisitive. Yeah, by nature. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. And um, what about fragrance? Are you are you someone that wears mm. fragrance every day? Are you are your kind of signature mm. scent? kind of guy or do, do you like to to sort of mix it up a bit more definitely mix it up um i i didn't wear a lot of fragrance during lockdown i think shamefully i was just like well what's the point like many people you know you just wake up one day and you realize you need a haircut you've put on a couple of extra pounds yeah you probably could smell better you've got a full <laughs> beard you know what i mean i'm like sort yourself out you are not worthy of being a global ambassador so um <laughs> on my recent trip i did <laughs> You got into like full Tom Hanks and Castaway. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I actually started by buying my boyfriend some lovely fragrance. I was in when I was in LA recently. I, I went to La Labo, um, and I got him a couple of of fragrances there, and it's sort of this little engraved travel case because he travels a lot for his um, sort of marine biology work. He can't travel right. with anything big, so I got him that. Yeah. And then for myself, I just kind of on a whim picked up this um, this set of um, minis. And this is, uh, is it Hermes? It's the Jardin series. Or Jardin sous le toise. Yeah, Hermes. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to hold that up to the screen. I know you won't see it on the podcast. But I bought a couple of those, and I'm really loving that kind of fresh, summery vibe that it's giving me. But um, yeah. generally, I Hermes gravitate towards um, smokier. Um, Do you? Yeah, the ouds, the woods, the definitely more sexual, sensual kind of sense and i'm um, skin and i will sometimes go back to the old classics like you know for me and i'm sure you feel the same fragrance is such a trigger for 
memories and for mood. Oh my God, completely. So like, I yeah. will, you know, I'll go through a phase where I really need to wear my Versace blue jeans and you're going to love, it costs like 15 bucks at Boots, but yeah. I will just... But it takes you back to a time and place, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. it takes me back to my first trip abroad and maybe the first boy I locked eyes with that I kind of fancy. <laughs> and, you know, every fragrance that I've worn through the years has has like a story, you know, it has like a... Um, yeah. I mean, fragrance has a... And it's an well-documented, but it has such an incredible power to do that, doesn't it? Sort of yeah. quicker than any, any other sense to um, transport you to a, a certain place and time. And it has a real power, I think. Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, the, the original Kenzo is one of my favorites. Uh, Yves Saint Laurent, Body Kuros. Uh, yeah, just some, I, I, I think there's going to be a trend to going back to some of the classics. I think so. And I, um, actually, I'd, The old school, like 80s and 90s type type stuff yeah yeah in, in the same way that it, it, there's nostalgia with music i think it's, it's it's absolutely the case with with fragrance and we're seeing a real resurgence now as you said of these sort of mm. 80s um 80s and 90s fragrances you know right. sort of throwback to some of yeah, those yeah. fahrenheits and things like that yeah. because um yeah it's a it's a instant nostalgia thing isn't it? yeah i think I was the first boy i fell in love with wore ckb and everyone else was wearing ck1 and i was like oh alternative he's different <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was so easy when you were like, yeah. like 17 or 18 <laughs> but it's interesting as well you, you're talking about those um smaller sets of fragrance and i i think i've you know i've, I've it's a it's a a it's a good way to sort of discover different fragrances within a brand but also that that mm. Um, portability thing, I think, is is really important, isn't it? If people are, you know, going to the gym or or traveling, to actually just rather than feel like you've got to work your way through a hundred milliliters of a massive, it's quite a commitment. Yeah. It is a commitment, mm -hmm. and and it's expensive. And it, yeah, it feels a bit more <laughs> yeah. liberating, and just to sort of mix it up. Okay, you've got a few that are. 10 mil, 15 mil. Just, yeah. I like that a bit more sometimes. So that's what I did. Like, you know, I could have spent 120 quid on one bottle of this perfume from MS, but, you know, for a little bit less, I got um, four different 15 mls, and that will last me a couple of months. And oh. I just love the variety. I love the option. Waking up, yeah. how do I feel? Yeah. How do I want my fragrance to represent me today? What do I want my fragrance to make me feel like? And then that's it. That's yeah, the way. you don't have to be monogamous, do you? <laughs> no. one, one, one fragrance. It's the one part of my life I uh, don't need to be monogamous in. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, but talking a bit more about Ren, and, mm. and it, it seems to me to be a brand that, that has a very much um, gender-free agenda. Mm -hmm. There's a mm -hmm. lot of gender there, but it, it's, it's gender-free. But mm -hmm. because this podcast is talking predominantly to men, are there particular products that you, in your work, you sort of recommend for for men's skin, mm. or, or are you do you, do you think it's all across the board with the Ren? You know, men it would work equally well for men. Um, it would work equally well for men, but I would say you know guys tend to be a little oilier sometimes. Um, mm. They put their oh, skin yeah, under yeah. different traumas like shaving. Mm. Um, so there's a few little considerations. Um, personally, I like, I always recommend the Evercalm range, which is the range for sensitive skin. Yeah. And they do a moisturizer in that, which is just the best aftershave balm ever. My dad is like, get me more of that green cream you have from your brand. I mean, he, <laughs> remembers, me green cream. he remembers nothing, doesn't know who I work for, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I want he that, green, that cream. green cream. And I mean, my dad's yeah. never used moisturizer in his life and he's like 70, you know what I mean? But um, yeah. he's obsessed with it. So that I would recommend as general moisturizer, as a post-shave. We do some really great gel cleansers that won't tighten your skin and make your skin look really dry and tight and just a bit flat. 
Um, and then we do a tonic, which is fabulous because you can just put a little bit of this on a cotton round, sweep, sweep it over your skin after you've cleansed your skin, and it's going to do like seven things in one product. So it's really good for guys. It super accelerates how great your skin looks. Um, and then you just moisturize on top of that. So if you want to get a bit more fancy than a cleanser and a moisturizer, I recommend that tonic. And that also helps with ingrown hairs and stuff like that. So very cool. That's really good. Really good advice. And, and what I'll do in the, the show notes is mention some of these products that you're talking about, David, so that people can great check them out in, in the REN range. Um, I think I'm right in saying that you're in your early 40s, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. So one part part of the, the podcast is, is to sort of find out about what the guest feels about when they look in the mirror, you know, what, how you feel about where you are at your life stage. I mean, you, you strike me as someone that you've obviously got a really good routine and, you know, in the work that you do, you're very aware and knowledgeable about skincare anyway. But are you are you happy with what stares back at you in the bathroom mirror um no (laughs) i think you know i think no i i think it's probably a space to be quite honest about things and yeah i'd love that you know i work i work in this industry that for you know and i've been in the industry for what 20 years 25 years i started working at 15 um that was all about how you look and what celebrity looked a certain way. And there was, you know, when I was a kid, there was a certain magic about the process and you would look at someone and go, they're just the most beautiful, incredible thing I've ever seen. Now we we basically know where they get waxed. We know what, you know, (laughs) where they get waxed. We know we can watch it on Instagram live. Do you know what I mean? It's like nothing is a secret anymore. Nothing is a mystery. So it's lost a little bit of that, that glamour for me. And I suppose also there's the, there's the whole element of, of, you know, digital in the heart. I mean, I I guess it's always been there in some regard, but it's, it's because it's available so much now. We don't always know what we're looking at do we i mean we're creating absolute mental disease it's really 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 awful um i i am on instagram i'm not that bothered with tiktok um but you know sometimes we have to do this for our for our work but and, and for me it's a great it has been an amazing way to keep in touch with people i really care about and people who want my advice via sort of social media but yeah it's been incredibly disruptive to how people view themselves and even being on laptops and being on sort of zoom calls yes, for two and a half that's years true. that's true i mean i was someone who was quite used to looking at my face on camera i don't say it makes me comfortable i really don't enjoy even having my photograph taken if i'm honest mm. but just the fact that i was so much more on like a screen on zoom and i started to not look at faults, but just have a general sort of sense of unease and a sense of, I don't really want to be doing this today. I don't want to have to think about what I look like. I don't want to, but all these judgments are coming from me, right? So that's how the psychology works. No one else is thinking this guys, like no one else is judging you. Um, It takes a lot of energy, a lot of unnecessary energy to be mean to someone and to judge someone. We're more likely to think something positive, Mm. but for myself, that's the aspect I'm working on, you know, like through psychology, through sort of just getting older and being a bit more, I think, secure in my skin and more confident in many aspects of my life. So it's a work in progress. But I would say, yeah, as you get older, you do notice changes. And sometimes you'll just catch yourself in the mirror and go, huh, okay, I'm pretty sure my jaw was a lot sharper from that angle before. Or, um, But like, it's it's like, it's it creeps up on you. But it does. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't look in the mirror and look at my face and go, 
um, I'm, I'm upset or I, I wish it was different or anything like that. I think if anything, my face is the thing I'm happiest about as I've got older. Mm. Um, it's more like, yeah, you need to lose like seven kilos or, you know what I mean? Like, or get a bit more fit or commit to those Pilates classes because <laughs> you've got backache. You know what I mean? Like this kind of like old man stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm getting old. Yeah. I've turned the corner. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. That um, the whole thing of, of being forced to, to view ourselves probably more than ever in, in the last couple of years with, with lockdown and, and Zooms yeah. and FaceTimes and Skypes and everything. Yeah. It, it's, doesn't always feel the most positive thing, does it? Even if you feel like you're, you know, you've got a good sort of self-confidence and, and that you're not sort of affected by that stuff. And, and, and again, you, you know, yeah. I think yeah. we are, our, we are our own worst critics, aren't we? And we, we tend to be quite hard on ourselves and say Absolutely. things to ourselves that we wouldn't say of other people. Absolutely. And we know that people only project the best of themselves on social media. I mean, this should be social yeah. media 101. It is not real. It is not it's how not that real. person's life really is. Yeah. Um, so you've got to tell yourself that. But yeah, honestly, like some days are just like terrible. Some days can be pretty, pretty awful looking in the mirror. But a lot of that has to do with the stress we've all been under for the last sort of two, three years. And, mm. um, you know, we're at one of the most unhappiest times that this country and even countries like America have been through. I was reading a statistic on happiness in America and how it's not been this bad since the depression, the Great Depression. I'm so, not surprised, David. You know, yeah, and we won't, we won't get into your sort of politics and whatnot, but it's... Um, it, you just need to acknowledge that what you're going through and these negative thoughts you have in your head and how you feel about yourself, it's not just about you. It's There is something general going on in the world that can lower your self-esteem, lower your reserve, lower your ability to look at yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, great, let's move on with life. So yeah. be kind Be kind to yourself because there's a lot going on right now that God. is almost imperceptible, but it's, it's, it's happening in your sort of subconscious all the time. Absolutely. And, and do you think then if in looking in the mirror would you would you say then that you would actually make sort of direct changes and would you ever consider doing you know enhancements or tweakments yeah, or yeah, yeah. things like that you know would it would it which is again is very personal and please feel free no. not to answer that but um no, no, but it's sure. interesting you know that you you talked about yeah you know the how you feel about your skin and obviously mm. we know there's there's things that people can do. And is that, is that something that you would ever consider because your job is about skincare and, you know, mm. looking a certain way? Is that something that crosses your mind or, or do you discount that? Um, I think, you know, I'm always going to do what I want to do, mm. whether, whether the brand I works for likes it or not. And yeah. I, that's my advice to people is, you know, if that's what makes you happy, yeah. truly gives you a bit of a lift and a bit more confidence, then do it, but don't do it to replicate someone else's face or life. Sure. Um, yeah. and of course do, you know, do your research and find out who's the best and They're good people. If you can't afford someone who's amazing, then you don't do it because these are nice to haves at the end of the day. Yeah. But I'm not against it. I, I personally haven't had any um, sort of anything like Botox or any fillers or anything like that. I'm not saying I n never will. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm quite happy with having a really nice massage or some acupuncture mm. or um, I did have this kind of like um, 
it wasn't all therapy, but it was something very similar where they use radio frequency to tighten your skin and to stimulate collagen. And I had that in South Africa a couple of months ago. How was that? Did you enjoy that? I think it was worth doing. Yeah. It, it wasn't a dramatic change, but it was... You noticed it. it. I, I noticed. It was worth the money I spent. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, so those sort of things I'm open to, and I probably would do them more. I just don't ever seem to find the time. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, if... If it makes you happy, then do it. go for it. Just make sure you 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 know you're going to someone reputable for sure. Uh, thank you for being so honest there. I think there's there's some some really interesting things to to take away from that. And um, mm. well, my my final question for the podcast is is one that I I turn to at the the end of every episode is about your happiness. And I wonder what makes you happy. David. Oh gosh, um, I have got a lot to be grateful for. Um, I am I'm not someone that walks around saying sort of blessed this, blessed that, but, um, because I do think, you know, life can throw you curveballs, and happiness is the counter to sadness. And I think it's, it's, we all need to know that we will be very happy and we also will be very sad in our lives. Um, yeah, but what each of those things can be kind of fleeting, can't they? Yeah, kind of come and go. absolutely. Um, so for me, happiness is like, you know, I live in the Cotswolds. We moved here just before lockdown to my, my fiance's, um, family home. Sadly, his dad passed. So we moved into the house, but it gave us an opportunity to break free from London, to have chickens, to grow vegetables, do all of that kind of oh, like wow. good life stuff that you read about. <laughs> and and I'll, honestly, I'll say, you know, just being able to get up in the morning, feeding my little chickens, doing the bird feeder food, um, you know, checking out what's growing in the garden, that for the last two years has made me very, very happy. Um, having a partner who supports me, even though I can be a complete, you know, freaking nightmare sometimes is, um, is, is something I'm super grateful for. Um, and I would say things like my music, I'm a flautist, so I play classical music. How are you? If I can break away for a couple of hours and do that, that makes me super happy. And then mm. also recently it's just been seeing friends and seeing people and reigniting those relationships that I thought would never come back. Yeah. That's made me really happy. Yeah. yeah. Wrecking, yeah Barbecues wreck make me happy and cooking for people <laughs> makes me happy. Grilled and food. Like, <laughs> grilled food makes me happy. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of, that's what I'm doing after this. Actually, we're getting some friends around for a, Oh, amazing! Or a veget vegetarian barbecue, but um, barbecue nonetheless. Yeah. So, do you, do you think that your move to a more um, to, um, to the Cotswolds to the countryside? Do you do you, mm. do you feel like there's a sort of a perceptible change in in how you feel, and you do you feel happier because of it? Oh, honest, hundred percent, I do. That's um, really interesting. I, it was it was not something I ever thought I I would do because it's it's like. Oh, only old people do that. And I was like, oh, you're actually 40 years old. It's when you need to start getting a bit more serious about where you want to be mm. for the rest of your life. But, um, it was, you know, it, you're not doing the tube anymore. Yeah. You're not waking up at six o'clock to be at work by eight o'clock, um, with the rush and the stress and the commute and all the people. So that's one huge thing. You've got the fresh air, mm. no pollution. You've got biggest thing, actually, let me tell you is watching the seasons change and you don't yes. realize how yeah. how kind of you don't see that in london goes, so much do you no no london mm. just feels like one sort mm. of gray sunny mm. gray sunny rainy day after another but in the countryside you're watching things grow you're watching things die you're watching things come back from yeah, the year so before true. And if there's this connection, and I think there's got to be something in our DNA or our psychology that needs this level of connection to the environment. Yeah. And that for me is what I think has been 
lowering my cortisol over the last over the last two years, really. Yeah, and I think to, to see sort of natural cycles, isn't it? They, they, you, That's you're it. absolutely right. There must be something very, yeah, it must help our happiness, and and it's probably how it ought to be that we we get to see the the seasonal shifts and i'm sure it's very good for us yeah and i think you know a lot of people you know i was lucky in that i was able to do what i did but a a lot of people are wanting to do the same thing and uh, i think the last two years has shown us that you know maybe living in a big city isn't Mm. the be all and end all and we can exist in other places and exist in a more simple way that still brings happiness i think yeah you know and so you're obviously able to obviously you do your traveling for for Ren, but you're able to work from home in terms of the the day-to-day then? Yeah, absolutely. One of the first things I did was I set set myself up with my little office and a studio. I bought some camera equipment, uh, you know, good sound and whatnot. And that meant I could do 99% 99% of my job from home. I think I've been to London three times in two years. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not traveling. That's so great. You know, and my first trip was to LA a couple of weeks ago, and that was the first and only trip I've done in sort of three years. So I imagine even that won't be as much as it used to be when I was sort of every month somewhere different. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm sort of, I'm a one man show. I can, <laughs> I can, I can do a- almost anything for my, for my spare bedroom. And we definitely learned that, didn't we? That, that some of the traveling and some of the commuting oh, yeah. we do, you know, lo and behold, we can, we can set ourselves up and, and do that stuff from home. Yeah. And you gain some, you gain some really new skills. Like, you know, I learned how to um, edit videos and to, you know, link up sound and camera equipment and do all sorts of fun things. So yeah, it, it was quite a, quite a cool learning experience. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, and I also want to say congratulations on your engagement. I, we talked about it briefly before oh, we went on air, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you were, uh, but you mentioned it again. So congratulations. Fantastic news. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know what? It's just, it's, it's something really lovely to, to look forward to. Um, um, yeah, I'm thrilled. I, you won't see it, but I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see it. I can see it on the screen. You can see it. <laughs> David, thank you so much for spending some time with me today on Man in the Mirror. Really appreciate your candor and um, the, the tips you've given. It's, it's been fantastic. Um, thank you so much. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you. You, you take, take care. care. Bye-bye. My thanks to David. Um, I don't know about you, but I learned so much from that. Um, I think I need to up my skincare game and... Um, He's the man to he's the man to help out. Um, really brilliant and um, so grateful to David. If you want to know more, um, you can find David on the socials, of course. He's on Instagram at David underscore Ren Skincare. That's David underscore R E N S K I N C A R E. So at David underscore Ren Skincare. You can also find Ren Skincare at Ren Skincare on Instagram. Um, Worth noting that Ren, I saw the other day, are now stocked in boots, which I think is a, a new development and obviously a massive thing for the brand here in the UK at least. Um, so that's good news for Ren. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to David. My thanks to him. Uh, my thanks to you for listening. Um, it'd be great if you could pop a review and follow me on, on the podcast or whatever platform you're on. All those things help. But... Um, Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Man in the Mirror. Take care. Bye-bye.